It's time! Drew Doherty and John Harris have their white coats and their goggles on. And they're ready to talk Texans in a different sort of way. Let's go in the lab. Ah, yes. It's time. Time to go in the lab. I'm Drew Doherty. John Harris, how are you? Doing well, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good. You all draft talked out? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I mean, when it's funny because we've had this, how many discussions about the draft on, on In the Lab. When you get to that point where it's all done, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm done with it. Like, I knew with the draft late April, and even if it were middle of April like it used to be, I still would probably feel that way, but it's like, all right. I'm ready. Let's move on. It's time to get to mini camp. Let's just let's just go. Okay. Well, we're gonna do some of that, but we're gonna. I can't say that we're totally done with. No, that's okay. Talk, no, 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 but no. we kind of are because we're gonna start with the 2020 mock draft survey. Oh, and then we're gonna segue into X factors. It's gonna be triple a triple X edition of in the lab. And no, it's not that type of triple X. It's three <laughs> X factors to look out for. Okay, this is a clean <laughs> podcast. It just is focusing on football. Sometimes we delve into a little bit of social media, a little uh, pop culture, but not too often. Anyhow, we're going to get into that a little bit later. Let's start out with the 2020 mock draft survey. I do it the week after the draft, you know, or within the week after the draft. And then I'm not going to pick up a mock draft or look at a mock draft until (laughs) the Texans season is over, okay, and over for like a week or so. Yeah. So we've got this one, and then we won't do another one until, hey, hopefully February, but you know, mid-January probably mm-hmm. next year. However, there are about 10 knuckleheads out there who had a mock draft for 2020. And yep. I say knucklehead lovingly because, you know what? I like mock drafts. I enjoy l- checking out mock drafts because I like to see what the general public in football terms thinks of what the Texans are going to do. Because we know, you and I know, because we're around the building, we don't know everything because we don't see the draft boards, but we right. know a little bit more than the average bear. And the mock drafter said, Cody Ford, that's who the Texans are going to pick. Nobody in the NFL picked Cody Ford in the first round. And the second mocked player to the Texans was Andre Dillard. They got pretty close because he was picked one slot ahead of Titus Howard. Only two guys, Manish Mehta from the New York Daily News. Manish Mehta of all people. Maurice Jones-Drew of NFL.com and used to be Pocket Hercules. I guess he still is Pocket Hercules, good running back. Those were the only two guys who mocked Titus Howard to the Texans. So – Moving forward for 2020, a year out, this is a foolhardy expedition when you do a, a mock draft a year ahead of time, but it's fun to watch anyways. Out of 10 mock drafts, four of them have the Texans taken a running back. Not surprising. Yeah. For a few reasons. And there's only one player who got more than one vote or more than one mock to the Texans, Travis Etienne. That's cool. I don't see any – I mean, I think you could see the Texans have – Three running backs rush for 150 yards total next year, and I still don't think the Texans would take a running back in the first round. Like, they could have a great offensive line, great passing attack, nothing from the run game. I still do not think they would take a running back in the first round. If they were. Convince me otherwise. Well, here's what I would tell you. Of all the years for running backs coming out in the draft, now take into account health Mm -hmm. and also the fact that undergraduates having to declare running back is usually a position where we do see guys declare early more often than not so a lot of times when I'm looking at a guy and I know he's a junior or a redshirt sophomore like I'm anticipating him coming out I don't do that for a lot of other positions but running back almost extensively I, I do that the list of running backs coming out potentially 
Cam Akers, Florida State. J.K. Dobbins, Ohio State. You mentioned Travis Etienne from Clemson. DeAndre Swift from Georgia. He was mocked to the Texans by somebody. Chris Evans from Michigan. Uh, Zach Moss from Utah. Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. He was, was one mocked, of them. Yeah. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt. Um, A.J. Dillon from Boston College. There are, if there was a year where the Texans would take one, this is that year. Because there are some, like I mentioned, those names that I just that I threw out, there are studs in that list. Right. There are at least there are at least two or three running backs that should be first rounders amongst that list. And I'm sure I haven't and I haven't even done my full exhaustive search yet. First rounders. But Texans first rounders? Well, Could you see the Texans with I don't see that, that that's that's my point is like I could see it because of the talent. Yeah. But my gut tells me that it won't happen. That's just not that's just not a value play. To yeah. me, a running back is if you're taking a running back in the first round, it's gotta be an Ezekiel Elliott, it's gotta be a Todd Gurley, it's gotta be a guy you know does three down things mm-hmm. and does everything well on those three downs. He's gonna obviously run the ball well, can run it in different schemes, can pass protect on third down, can catch the ball to the backfield in the passing game. Is going to be able to pick up blitz, going to be able to read those things. Like, everything that a running back needs to be able to do, that's the kind of guy you're going to take in the first round. Okay, so. But that's so rare nowadays. Pause. If thinking what you just said there, let's rewind 10 years to 2009. You're redrafting. Yep. Knowing what you know now, where does Arian Foster go? Well, that's that's kind of the point is. Knowing what he can do. Because everything you just yeah. said, he did everything. He was a good blocker, too. Could catch the ball. He'd go first round. Yeah. I mean, he'd have to. I mean, obviously, you'd have to. You know, you'd pass on Cush, but you, you took Cush because Cush could do so many different things. Well, would he, be, would he have even lasted? Would Foster have even lasted to fifteen, sixteen, or knowing, where we took? Knowing what we know now, he, he you still knowing what we Cushing. know now, you you probably still take Cushing because it's a value play. But but he probably wouldn't even get to no, Foster. Wouldn't even have gotten no, to. You. There's no way. But I think I think people were con- concerned with a fumbling, b whether Arian was going to stay in shape. Mm-hmm. Because there were times at Tennessee where he probably was not in the greatest of shape, but there were there were teams that had him graded relatively high. But we, we know Arian, and we know him. We've gotten to know him pretty well over the years. I think there were some people that just kind of wrote him off because they thought he was mercurial, or they didn't know whether he would be able to to exist in a locker room. Yeah, but he came here and um, boy, he was a hell of a player. He was a great player, Jeez, he was and it, it was. It was fortunate that he wasn't drafted, so the Texans had an opportunity. And I said to DP the other day, she said, well, why would that guy pick the Texans as an undrafted free agent? Like, why would that guy pick? And I said, I'm talking about a couple of running backs, Kron Higdon from Michigan and Demaria Crockett from out of Missouri. And I said, why wouldn't they? Opportunity. The didn't, yeah, the Texans didn't draft one. And they only had two guys get carries last year. I mean, yeah. Foreman got carries, but it was a handful of carries game. in one, one game. game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. otherwise it was all Lamar Miller. And Alfred Blue. Absolutely. And so you look at opportunity, and that's what Arian did. Arian had it down. He he looked at the opportunity and said Seattle or Houston. And in the end, he ended up saying Houston because he felt like that was the best opportunity for him. So, on one hand, Drew, you've got maybe the most talented group of running backs coming to the NFL. The other side of it is, you know, drafting a running back in the first round. If it's not a Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott, um, it's, it's probably not worth it, to be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. The Cowboys – have the fourth pick in the draft, and if they don't hit on Ezekiel Elliott, I mean it's a it's a, I mean it's a major bust. I mean look at the Jaguars. I should say with Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette is limited what he gives them, but yet because he's the fourth pick in the draft, they're having to pay him 
ungodly amounts of money, which you don't want to do to a running back, apparently. Uh, although I think if you've got the right three-down running back, I don't have a problem paying that guy. To, I'll, I'll be mm. honest. I I don't have a problem paying the right three-down running back. Yeah, I, I'm probably of a mindset nowadays that I want I want my running back to kind of be like, um, kind of like colors of the rainbow in some sense. Like I want a little bit of everything amongst my running back crew. Like a Benetton ad. Yeah, I was almost going to say Benetton. It's almost like that. It's like the colors of the rainbow. Like, give me a little, give me a little indigo. Give me a little violet. Give me a little red. Like, I want a little bit of everything in my my running back crew. Um, I would love to have an Elliot. I would love to have a Gurley. But if I, I want don't, Walter Payton, man. I would. I mean, yeah. But along <laughs> those lines, with Walter Payton, he went number five in the draft in '74. Like, he gave you all those things. Yeah. He gave you throw the ball too. So I was gonna say, what nine touchdown passes in this Something like that. It was sick. He could throw it really well. So. If they did draft one, if they said, Drew, we're going to draft one in the first round, it's it's shocking, but because of the talent, it's probably not that. Like, I could see them doing something like the Colts did, like trading out of the first round. Yeah. Like, hopefully we're drafting in the 20s again, maybe in the 30s. I would love that. Drafting in the 30s, trade out of the first round, and go get the value pick in the second round. That that would be, to me, um, the, the play. But I do think there are going to be at least three of these guys that go in the first round. Okay. Uh, front seven help, those those were three votes. He had running back with four, front seven help with three votes, and then uh, he had a corner and an offensive lineman also got votes. Um, before we move on to these X factors on the Texans, got to pull the curtain back here. We are in the Hyundai Texans radio studio, and before we did this, John, you and I had to wait outside for a few moments because Toro was in here shooting mm-hmm. a little video that he's going to release in a month or so, and they left. He's gone now. And I'd say this to Toro's face, but it smells <laughs> it smells really bad in here right now. It smells like uh, somebody worked out and they dumped their workout clothes and left them for about three, four days uh, in a room with little ventilation. And it smells in here now because of yep. Toro. Well, Doesn't smell Toro. good. Well, he okay. jumped in the pool That's probably on what Saturday. It is, yeah. He jumped in the pool. Bernardrick McKinney jumped in the pool, too. Big dope. Not Bernardrick. <laughs> Toro. Benardrick was great. Benardrick probably got out, you know, put on clean clothes, <laughs> laundered his wet clothes, took a shower, yeah. and he's fine. Not Toro. Toro stunk this place up. Still my brosif, but jeez. All right, let's move on. <laughs> X factors. You said that. I mean, it smells so bad in here. It really smells awful in here. I know. I know. I mean, you spend so much. What's that commercial? You, you get nose blind. That's kind of the way it feels. It's like, man, I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm like a German beer. Shepherd, man. I can Look, smell. You have little boys. Eventually, you're gonna have that smell in your in your yeah. nose forever. Kind of, and I have that same with my son. So I guess so. All right, X factors. Let's let's not worry about rookies, draft picks. Let's worry about guys who are on this team, on this roster right now. Guys who are going to, I don't know, not make a leap, but make a jump of some sort, make an impact in 2019 that we didn't see in 2018. Or they might have made an impact in 2018, but they're going to make a huge impact in Mm -hmm. 2019. Who's the next factor for you, number one? Number one, Dylan Cole. Okay. Dylan Cole to me as I think about Dylan Cole, there's there's a story in the first game against the Patriots, and I I, I noticed something during that game. And I was blown away. He's a second-year guy. Mm-hmm. And I saw him essentially knowing what the play was, like before the ball was snapped. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm like, here's so much about Tom Brady and how great Tom is. And I'm like, how did the second-year guy figure out what the heck was going on? And, I, I mean, I could – so I asked him about it the next day. And he kind of just looked at me and smiled. He's like, you saw that? I was like, yeah, I saw it. I mean, everybody, I, yeah, I saw it. And uh, he kind of smiled at me. And he wouldn't go into details, and, and I don't blame him. But it was just the intelligence that he has on the field. And I, that's, that wasn't the first time I saw that. I saw him do that against the Chiefs in uh, the Sunday night game. I think it was the Sunday night game. I think it was a Sunday night game. A year ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he got hurt in the Cleveland game the next week. So in that in that Kansas City game, I saw him do the same thing. He was playing on the left side, and the Chiefs were running that they were running that way, and they were running sort of a jet sweep, and he saw the motion. As soon as he saw the motion, he started to widen out, and he just ran to a spot because he knew where the ball was going. He ran right to that spot, made the tackle, and I was like, man, this guy's – Really football smart. I mean, it, it, just intelligent overall, but, mm-hmm. man, his football IQ is really off the charts. I know it's tough because we've got Zach Cunningham and we've got Bernard McKinney, and I think that Zach, had Zach stayed healthy, Zach should have been in consideration for a Pro Bowl bid. So you're talking about two guys that potentially could be Pro Bowlers. But the Texans' personnel, and I know everybody told, well, the Texans are a 3-4, they're this, you know, they, they run a 3-4, they've always been a 3-4 in Iraq. They're almost in a four-man line. I mean, probably more often than 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 not. Mm-hmm. I tend to think about getting Dylan Cole in the field a whole heck of a lot more, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Texans played more four three. I mean, a true four three where Dylan Cole's on the field with Zach Cunningham and Bernardrick McKinney, and and Dylan ends up being your will linebacker in that sense. He played this later in the year after missing the first part of the year. Well, check it out. He played eight games. Right. And he missed all of October and all right. of November. So he right. played in – He for, played in the first, first two. First three he played in them. Because uh, he got hurt in – Against the Giants, the I Giants. guess. Giants, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he didn't play again until the Cleveland game, right. which was December 2nd. Right. And so he had very limited time. And I think he's the kind of guy that once he gets comfortable out in the field, he's going to be able to do a lot as far as covering running backs. And I thought he had a heck of a camp last year. Well, I want to talk about that. Because I think he's got a chance. Listen, during August, everything you're saying right now, mm-hmm. that was essentially what – he didn't say this because he'll never say this, but that's you could tell he was thinking this, Bill O'Brien. Because we do those production meetings before a preseason game since I do the sidelines on TV. Yeah, yeah. It's me, it's Spencer Tillman, Kevin Kugler. Uh, and then they'll bring in O'Brien and a few players. And right. they, they brought in O'Brien before the Rams game, the third preseason game, and he was like, Cole, Cole had played a little bit before that, but he was he had like a nagging hip or something. So he he told us, he's like, yeah, I, I told Dylan, we're not going to play you. Why would we play you right now? You're going to be, you're one of our best players. And that's when you have to kind of take away, and I've said this a few times this offseason, that's when you kind of have to take away that idea of, He's one of the best players that's undrafted. No, 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 no. The He's Texans the view players. him as one of their best players on defense. Yep. And he was he was going to get his chance last year, but then he got injured. So, like we said, the first three games of the season, and then he was out until week 12, or week 13, really, when they played their 12th game of the year. So that's a good choice. I like, I like the Dylan Cole as the X Factor because they thought – and think very, very highly of this guy. Yeah, I, and I think he's got a, I think he's got a tremendous future in front of him, and I just want to see him be on the field for 16 games and play a full season because he was dinged up in the first year. Then obviously last year, it's unfortunate again what happened to him. But mm-hmm. he, to me, is a guy that needs to be on the field. And one of the things about him, I it was the 
uh, Thursday night game against Miami. And in that game, Zach had hurt his knee. And so it, it was Bernardrick, and Josh Kyes had to play. Brian yeah. Peters was out as well, so Kyes had to go in and play a bunch in that game. They eventually put Peter Kalambayi in it, and it's a linebacker as well. And so on the sideline, there's Dylan, like, talking with Kyes, like, and you can see he's coaching yeah. him on the sidelines. And I just thought that was really, really cool, the Sick way that Dylan was kind of passing it on down or passing it over to Josh Kyes uh, the way that he was. So I, I just I would rather not see him in warm-up suit on the sidelines. I want to see him in, in ball games this year. I think he's a definite X factor. Dynamic, dynamic player. Okay, that's one. We're going to get three. Who's your second? My second is Martinez Rankin. Okay, that's a natural. Yeah. And I, I've said that a few times because I think he's got to have one of the five positions on the offensive line. Look, and you're thinking since, it's left guard, right? I mean, I, I think it's. He's going to challenge Sunil Kelamete. I think he's going to challenge Sunil. Then uh, I think you know it's funny. I had some conversations with people from throughout the NFL, and I was at the Senior Bowl, and we we're talking about the you know Texans offensive line, and I remember a couple of people saying, "Hey, Zach's Zach's a pretty good player." Like, yeah, Zach's. A, I think Zach's a very good player. Zach Fulton. So I think Martinez has got to have one of those. So I think he's he's going to challenge Sneal. And look, if Martinez beats him out, great. If Sneal beats him out, great. But I feel like when you draft a guy in the third round, you got to start seeing returns, especially in year two. You'd like to have in year one, like Justin Reed, but if not, you got to start seeing the returns and, in year two. And let's remind people, Rankin had awful luck last year because he comes here for rookie minicamp and the second day of rookie minicamp, yeah. he's done. Yeah. I mean, he did not play. He had an injury. Did not get to play any of rookie camp, mini camp, any of OTAs, and you know the veteran mini camp didn't do much during training camp until about the third week. I don't think Drew that he wore pads. Yeah, and then they threw him out there against the Rams, Rams. and he played three. three different spots and on that the was, line. He was like on the job training. Yeah. I mean, literally on the job training. Like you've never done this before. I mean, it sort of would be like, and I and I thought about this. It would sort of be like, okay. Uh, one of us, okay. You're going on. You're going on TV tomorrow. You've been here, and we've done all this, you know, on paperwork. But you're going on TV tomorrow. Get ready. Like, uh, okay. Well, I'd be fine, baby. I mean, I know you would. I know you would. But <laughs> but you wait. Know, but well, what are we but talking with about? Reps, though. <laughs> what are we talking about? What would we be talking about if it's talking about something? Hosting else? extra points. Yeah, I'd be fine. I mean, you'd I'd be, kill. I'd slay that. Yeah. So, so come up with a different example. But the very first time you hosted extra <laughs> I'm points. I'm joking. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I look like a boob. Yeah, every time you. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, but oh, I. But I, no, I, I'm I just saying, like, if you think about what you do for a living, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't just have to be the you no. know, TV or whatever. Dude, you us. and I speak at countless career days during the year. Yeah, I tell the story in just about every single one. First time I went on air back in 2004. I mean, I looked like a boob. You know, I was, I talked a lot slower. I didn't, yeah. have, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, there's, there is. It's not rocket science, believe me. I'm not saying my job is hard, but with reps, you get better at yeah, what you do. Exactly, and, and I, it's then, I cringe at the first time I was when I look at the first time I was on TV. I was just like, Ugh. yeah, me too. When so, I was yeah, the first I, time on the radio, it was kind of the same thing. It was like, yeah, oh, because I was definitely like myself. So it's it it is. So I think Martinez has got to. And when I think about the offensive line, when you think about the addition, I, I think of Sean Trell still as an addition addition because he was he was with us, but wasn't 18. So you've added. It resigned Chantrell Henderson. You've drafted two tackles of Max Sharping and uh, Titus Howard. Uh-huh. You've added Matt Khalil to your group. You've got to think that Julian Davenport is going to take strides this year. So, 
<clears throat> there is going to be competition on the offensive line, but I think that's what you've wanted to have. Mm-hmm. And Martinez Rankin has got to a be in that competition, and b I think he's got to he's got to show dividends this year by going and getting a starting job and then taking those strides that you would expect a year one to year two player to make. And I remember that Philadelphia game; he had to play for Sneal at left guard, and I just remember thinking, "We're facing Fletcher Cox. This is going to get ugly," yeah. and it really didn't. Yeah. It really didn't. I mean, Martinez held his own against Fletcher. I was really – I don't want to say I was surprised because Fletcher on that Monday night prior against the Rams, Fletcher put on a show. And there were times I'm watching Rankin against Cox one-on-one like during the game. I could, I'm watching right through that battle. I'm like, yeah, Martinez is holding up pretty well. Then I would watch the replay to make sure. I was like, he thought, look at that. That's pretty good. Like he was holding up. It wasn't perfect. Yeah. But I think the nuances of false starts – cadences, like understanding that. So I think that comes a little bit better in your second year. And if Martinez can make those strides and feel more comfortable and get some 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 confidence, I think he's going to end up being a really good X factor and a pretty important guy for us. I like it. I'm with you. I think uh, he's going to make his bones there at left guard, drafted as a – or drafted, you know, coming out of Mississippi State, he played left tackle. Right. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think based on what he said in those August – preseason meetings that when we talked to them last year it's a little easier for him playing guard because yep. of being in the phone booths so to speak you Absolutely. don't have to block as much of a space so i'm cool with that okay so dylan cole was your first one martinez rankin your second x factor who is mr x number three john to sean gibson all right a signee from the jacksonville jaguars and this is where when i, I mentioned leonard fournette this is how the drafting of leonard fournette ended up making to Sean Gibson, a Texan. I mean, you're like, wait a second. How did that? Go? Well, because you didn't draft Leonard Fournette, you passed on to Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes, both of whom still on rookie contracts. Because Blake Bortles flamed out, and you didn't draft one of those two, and you couldn't hand the ball oh, to them. Oh, I see where you're going. You see where I'm going here. They had to go out and pay a lot of money to Nick Foles because yeah. they had to pay a lot of money to Nick Foles. They had to look at the roster and say, well, we've got to get rid of some guys that are making some money. So they got rid of Malik Jackson. They got rid of Tashawn Gibson. And Tashawn Gibson then goes on the free market. He ends up being a Houston Texan. I think he's huge for this team, Drew. Because Justin Reed, if Justin Reed makes a year one to year two jump, Gulp. you're talking about an all-pro. Yeah. Because he was tremendous as a rookie. But with no Dre Howe, with no Tyron Matthew, Tashawn Gibson is a huge piece on this defense. But I think he helps solve. I don't know that you can solve it all the way. It's got to be a team concept when you're slowing down really good tight ends. Well, and this is what he prides himself on. We Absolutely. heard him saying that his first press conference yeah. after after uh, offseason yeah. conditioning started. Stopping tight ends. I yeah. mean, you look at what what he does what he does against tight ends. Now we won't face one of them this year in Rob Gronkowski, but we do face Travis Kelsey. We well, will. That's if that's under the assumption that. Gronkowski doesn't unretire. I, well, I see playing in December. <laughs> playing in December, that's what I that's what I said yeah. right away was I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But that said, you've got Deshaun Gibson, who did cover Rob Gronkowski last year, did a great job mm-hmm. on him in week two. Now, Gronk missed the second half of the AFC Championship game, but Gronk in the AFC Championship game, that half, and then that game, I think he had a total of three catches. And Gibson was responsible for him a decent majority of the time. So that's that's going to help you when you face 
Eric Ebron of the Colts. Travis Kelsey. You face Travis Kelsey with the Kansas City Chiefs. When you face those top-notch tight ends, Hunter Henry with the L.A. Chargers now that he's going to be back healthy, you've got a guy that can do that. And when you think about what receivers pass or pass catchers had great years Mm -hmm. against the Texans or great games against the Texans last year, Zach Ertz went crazy. Travis Kelsey, uh, or not Travis Kelsey, uh, Rob Gronkowski had a tremendous game. Mm -hmm. And then, um, who's the third one I was thinking of had a great game? Oh, I mentioned Ebron. Um, there's one I'm missing in that. Oh, Ertz. I'm missing one that I that I had. Well, it felt like Gronk, all, it felt Ertz. Like, it felt oh, like all Gronk, th- Ertz, and Ebron. I was going to say, three. it felt like all three of the Eagles' tight ends just really hurt you so badly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's no doubt. Especially on that very rewind, that very first drive. They threw Ertz it, almost every every play in that drive. It felt wasn't like. it a 36-play drive? Or it, something? Felt you know, like it. it felt like a, an they endless got a drive. Down. It felt like they had like six fourth downs. They completed every, you know, I mean, it was just. It was Ertz, Ebron, and Gronk. Those three, if you go back and look at the numbers of those three, they hurt us and hurt us pretty badly. Yeah. So having a guy in Gibson, and you'll face Ebron again. You won't face Ertz, thank God. But you're going to face some – you're going you're gonna to face – now right now Greg Olson is still a Panther. We'll see if that, that remains. So you're going to face some pretty salty tight ends throughout this, this season as well. So get used to it, Sean Gibson covering a tight end. I think that's going to be huge, taking that aspect away from these quarterbacks they're going to face. If you can slow down the Chargers by slowing down Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates, if Antonio is still playing at that point, that, that's going to take away from Phillip Rivers a little bit. Um, you know, Ebron with the Colts, if you can take that part away, obviously the Colts added weapons yeah. with Devin Funches and Paris Campbell, but if you can take Ebron away, Take away Jack Doyle and eliminate their impact. That's going to put you in a really good position. Yeah, to you beat take the away Colts. dimensions of that offense. Absolutely. Totally. So you, that's something you have to do. So I think Deshaun Gibson being able to do that on a consistent basis is my X factor number three. Okay. So to recap, today's in the lab. Twenty twenty mock draft survey. We saw that the the running back is going to be the choice. We are skeptical about that actually happening happening next year. Uh. Toro smells bad, and then the three X factors: Dylan Cole, Martinez Rankin, and Deshaun Gibson for 2019. Those guys make a leap of sorts. Texans going to be cooking with gas. You cool, John? I am very cool. Yeah, cooking with gas would be a really good thing. And 2019, I know after the draft, a lot of people giving thumbs up and praise to Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and Tennessee for their drafts, and a lot of people sort of looking at the Texans saying, yeah, I gave you a C- because they don't really believe in Titus Howard. But if this thing pans out long-term, three years and they do their redraft, hopefully they're looking at a couple of starting tackles for the next eight to ten years, which would be kind of nice to have that those two positions locked down, especially with this quarterback we have. Yo me gusta. All right, man. Have a good one. We'll do this again. Thank you all for listening to this In the Lab.